Hashem Sop, we're learning Saita Daf Chav Dalit. We left off in middle of the Mishnah, on Daf Chav Dalad Amadalev, on the end of the second line of the top of the Amid. The Mishnah began giving us categories, groups of women that become or could become a Saita. However, for various reasons, they are unable to go through with the procedure of the drinking of the waters, which in, in, then will cause the husband to need to divorce them. Because being that a woman who is a suffix soita cannot have relations with her husband, the husband cannot have relations with her until she undergoes the test of the drinking of the waters. If she's not allowed to undergo the test, then he's not allowed to be with her. And whenever there is a marriage in which the husband and the wife cannot be together, there has to be a get. And the cases that we were learning were cases that she became a soita, so she is the cause of the demand of the get, so she forfeits her ksubam. And now the Mishnah continues with a third category. Until now we learned about specific women or illegal, halachically illegal marriages. Now the Mishnah continues, and now we're going to learn about other cases. And some of them is there a chazar of what we learned recently, where women are the marriage is kosher. But for some other side reasons, the woman won't be able to drink the waters, and therefore she will not get the ksuba. So case number one will be whenever the woman admits, again, after she becomes a saita, that I had an illegal relation with another man. And we're emphasizing she's admitting to it after she became a saita, because again, we learned in the Dadim, there was a Mishnah Rishayna and a Mishnah Reina. In the Mishnah Rishayna, if a woman says, I had an affair, I had a relation, that we would believe her. And the din then is that Asr Labayl and Asr Labal, he would have to divorce her. But then the Chachamim were afraid that a woman, maybe Shema, Nasna, Eneho, Ba'acher, she might decide she wants to marry another man. So she's lying that she had a relation, an adulterous relation, in order to, so to say, force her husband to give her a get, for her to go and marry someone else, so we don't believe her. But when do we not believe her when she says, Temeya Ani, when she was not a Saita? But if first the husband gave her kinoi, and then the wastira, and she was secluded with that individual, Balash and Taisus, we learned that together inside, the Raglayim Ladover. So now, ah, now it makes sense that there is more reason to believe her when she says, I had a relation. She had a relation. What's the point of her drinking the waters? We know she had a relation. She doesn't drink. She gets a get, and she loses her ksuba. Another example will be, Vishabola Edim Shehitameo. One thing is for sure, we spoke out at the end of the previous year, Rambam and Rashi, when the trader says the words, that the man has to be cleared from sin for the waters to work. What does that exclude? For sure, if the man, if the husband had a relation with her after she halachically became a soita. So if the two, Adam, practically, is that based in, as we learned together, sent to Talmidei Chachamim, to accompany them from their city to Yerushalayim. If they were to have a relation together, those Adam would, would somehow notice it. So if Adam testified that after she became a Saita, the husband had a relation with her, there also she will not drink the waters, the waters won't work because the man is not innocent. Or the Ho'imeres any Shaisa. If a woman says, I am not guilty, but I don't want to drink, and we learned that before, and not that long ago. If the Megillah was not erased yet, then we don't make her drink. 
according to the second b'risa, according to Rabbi Kiva, even if they erase the Hashem's name, if the woman, machmas b'riyusa, not machmas risusa, if the woman is cool, she's calm, and she says, I'm not drinking, I'm innocent, I'm not drinking, even though the Megillah was erased, we understand psychologically why was she calm the whole time, because she never planned to drink. Why did she never plan to drink? Because she's guilty. She was hoping that other, for other reasons they would stop the procedure. And she always had in the, in the back of her head, and if they won't stop it, I'll stop it, which is why she was calm. So it's tantamount to her admitting she's guilty. So if that's the case, she doesn't drink, she doesn't take her ksuba. However, now it continues the Mishnah, Amar Baila Eni Mashka, if the husband says, I don't want her to drink, or if it was the husband that had a relation with her baderech, so let me just clarify, when we said before, Shabol, Adam said she's Tameya, means she's Tami with any other man. Because I have to correct that, because if the husband was the one that had the relation with her, she won't be able to drink, but I'll have to give her the ksuba, because it's his fault. It's his fault that she's unable to drink. So when the husband says, I don't want you to drink, and being that it says in the Pasuk, that the man brings his wife, from here we learn that if the man doesn't want to bring his wife, she doesn't drink. But she's a saita. They can't be together. There has to be a get. But he's the reason why she doesn't drink, so you have to pay for the ksuba. So if the husband says, Eini mashke, or if the husband had a relation with her, I hope this is clearly corrected, so then the din is, there has to be a get, but she gets her ksuba. It's only below shaisois. Continues the Mishnah, a new case. What were to happen? A typical, classical case of a saita. There was kinoi in front of two Adim, Rabbi Yeshua. There was tira in front of two Adim, and they were going to go to Yerushalayim. He wanted for the procedure to happen. She was willing for the procedure to happen. Everyone is shouting innocence, but before she actually drank the waters, the husband passed away. The question here is, does she get the ksuba from his estate? You can argue both ways, and as we will learn later, that ultimately this machloike is very important, this contingent on how do we view someone's ownership over that which is owed to them and that debt is documented. Normally the rule is, whoever is the muhzak, whoever is in the possession of something, remains with that something in his or her possession until proven otherwise. The question is, who's considered the muhzak in the money of the ksuba? On one hand, it's in the husband's estate. On the other hand, she has a document that this money is owed to her. And really by the ksuba, as we learn in Masechta's ksubas, you don't need a document. Actually, there were places where they never wrote a document of the ksuba. Because whether you wrote a document or not, it's t'nai bezin. It's a given that there is such a debt from any marriage. So if you're going to say that because there is a document in her hand, she's the muhzak, says Beishamai, she gets her ksuba. And she won't have to drink. You know why she doesn't drink? Again, the whole purpose of drinking, we spoke it out in the end of the previous year, is not to kill her. We hope that she's innocent, and this is going to bring the trust back in the marriage, and uh, she'll be blessed from that, and the marriage is going to be blessed. Here there's no marriage, the husband died, so there's no point for her to drink. The money, she's claiming she's innocent. You know why she gets it? Either there's a suffix, maybe she's guilty, maybe she's innocent. You have a doubt? Leave the money where the money is, right? 
Whoever has the chazaka gets to keep the money. Bishamay says she's muchzekes over the money because she has a document. Bishilol says no, no, no. Oy shoisa is oy loynoitlis ksuba. You only get your ksuba if you drink. If you don't drink, you don't get your ksuba. And he's not saying that she can drink. What Basilol means to say is, since she's not allowed to drink, she doesn't get her ksuba. As the Gemara is going to say later, Basilol holds that shtar ho'oymed ligovais lafke govidami. She's not considered in possession of her ksuba. The husband or his estate, now the orphans, are the muhzakim over the ksuba. She has to prove that she's innocent. She can't prove that because she's not allowed to drink. So if she can't prove it, she loses her ksuba. Continues the Mishnah. This is so good. We're reviewing dinam that we learned together in Mesech Tzubais. That when a woman is either pregnant or nursing, according to many Rishonim, what I'm going to say now is only if she becomes a widow, according to Rashi here and other Rishonim, even if she's a divorcee. That no other man is allowed to marry her until her child is going to be born and halachically weaned off nursing from the mother, which is after 24 months. Why is that? Because if she's going to be pregnant, she's going to marry another man, then the baby is going to be born. If she's going to get pregnant from a new husband, which might happen, she might lose her milk, something that happens. And the Chazal were afraid that being that her current husband is not the father, he won't be that concerned to make sure that the child has what to eat, that child can die from starvation. Which is why many of the Rishonim, not like Rashi, hold that this takana is only when the, father, when the child's real dad is not living. She became a widow. But a woman who is a divorcee, there the Chazal, we're not afraid because the, the father is alive. He'll make sure that he'll provide for his child. And by the way, halachically, it's the father's obligation to provide food for his children. In other words, even if, God forbid, there is a divorce and the child is nursing off the mother, the chiyuf to pay for that is always on the father. It's not split. The father is obligated to feed his children. So let's learn like Rashi. Rashi holds that even if the woman is a divorced woman, she cannot marry another man. Now, they broke that takanas chachamim. Another man married her. She was an almana. She was a divorcee. That marriage shouldn't have happened. And as we spoke at, at the end of the previous year, when the Mishnah gave examples of marriages that might only have been prohibited, midrabanan, we don't want her to drink the waters. The purpose of her drinking is for them to get their marriage back. Why do we want to allow them to get their marriage back when their marriage is not legal. Says the Mishnah, However, we learned this together before, in Ksubais, that the Chachamim hold that if a couple violated this rabbinic law and they got married before the child was two years old, the Chachamim demand of the husband to divorce her. But as long as the husband is not a Kayan, and as long as she does not marry another man in between, the original husband can remarry her. So since he can divorce her, 
That's how we're going to learn the word lahafrisha. And then he can remarry her after the child is more than 24 months. So therefore, let her drink the water. You can't say, why do we want them to drink the water? We don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want them to get back together. It's not like the case of a chalutza. A chalutza can never be married to a kain. This marriage could happen. It's just like it cannot happen right now. Rav Meir, Rav Meir holds that if you violate a takanas chachamim, we learned this together, then the husband is demanded by Bezin to divorce his wife and he can never remarry her. That was Rav Meir. No, you're confusing something. You're confusing Chayuvei Lavin. Here it's only Medar Abanan. Rav Meir holds if a man breaks his takanas chachamim, he has to divorce his wife, he cannot remarry her, even if he's a Yisrael. The chachamim holds he should divorce her and he can remarry her after the child is over the age of 24 months. So therefore, that, this, this machlekes is connected to that machlekes. Lirav Meir, they can never be married. She doesn't drink the, the waters because the marriage is never going to be legal. Lachachamim, the marriage is not legal now, but it can become legal later, so she, should, she can drink the waters now. Next case, says the Mishnah, if a woman is an islandist, the word islandist comes from the word of ayal. Ayal means a ram, and this is important. We learned this together. An, an islandist is both... A woman who lacks signs of female puberty and she has certain signs or certain male characteristics. Then she is halachically deemed a woman who is a islandess, which basically means she cannot have children. Or a woman is zikena, she's old here, telling a woman that she's old is a terrible thing. So there's many, the Rambam says that the, halachically, when is a woman old? Gavaldik, when you tell, when you call a woman old woman and she doesn't react negatively. Which basically, according to that, the woman can be 90 years old, she's still going to be young. But here, old means a woman who, by the current laws of nature, can no longer carry children. Or the She'ena Ru'uyalelet explains the Shainam, or if a woman is young, but she did something to herself that took away her ability to have children. So in the times of Chazal, she drank some type of potion. Today it would be if a woman would tie her tubes. And Lohoyer, that it's Asr Mido for a woman to tie her tubes. Because it says in the Torah, So it's not only a blessing that God is saying that you should not have any infertile woman amongst you. It's that we, this goes for men also, a man is Asr Mido to have a vasectomy. Not only that, if a man has a vasectomy, a woman cannot stay married to him. He's Asr because that's included in Ptsuadaka and Kurushavcha. It's a big thing. People have to know that. But if a woman did such a thing, she was not allowed to do it. And now look at this Mishnah. So being, if the man who's married to her does not yet have children, Machlek is Beishamai Beisilol. Beishamai says two sons. Beisilol holds a son and a daughter. Then it was he did not yet fulfill his obligation. And now this wife becomes a saita, the same logic. Why would we have her drink the waters when we don't want him to stay married to her because he's obligated to have children? Imagine, this is way before Cherem de Rabbeinu Gershon. Here's where we see a side of historically knowing that Jewish men never married to wives. Even before it became outlawed. It was very rare, like you have in the Chumash. Avram Avinu married Hagar when Sarah told him to marry Hagar. And as we learn that Yaakov Avinu married more than one wife, beginning with Rachel, because he promised Rachel he's going to marry her. It wasn't Stam, and 
forget about today, that today we're not allowed to marry more than one wife. Both Ashkenazim and the Svardim. So coming back to the Mishnah, so that Tanakama holds, since he did not fulfill his obligation to have children, and with her he cannot have children, However, Rabbi Eliezer says, since since he's able to marry a second wife, so therefore she drinks the waters. However, concludes the Mishnah, Vishar Kol Hanashim, but all other women, Toysvah says, what does this come to include? Toysvah's Divriya Maschil Vishar says, Gavaldik, that there's another rabbinic din, that when a woman, God forbid, becomes a widow, or she gets divorced, she needs to wait 90 days before she gets remarried. She cannot get remarried within three months, as we learned, because maybe she's pregnant from her original husband. And she doesn't know that yet, because it takes three months for the baby to show and she'll get married to another man and she might get pregnant. And not only that, she might have a baby seven months after her new marriage. And we won't know whether that baby was fathered by the new husband. I, the baby is born after seven months. There's a concept halachically of a baby that's fully developed within seven months. Or maybe this baby was fathered by the first husband. And it's very important halachically to know the yichus of a child who is the father. So the Chachamim says a woman can never get remarried within three months of a prior marriage. If a woman broke this rabbinic prohibition and she married a man, and now this man made her into a saita, here she could drink the waters. Now, when did we learn that the rabbis decreed, you broke our law, you have to get divorced, and let Avmeir get divorced and never remarried. That is when it comes to putting another human being in danger. No, she was nursing a child. And there, there, was a, there is a halachic issue as to the well-being of the child. So that is something that they imposed with a knas, get divorced. But the din of not being allowed to marry within three months, that is not something that's enforced. If they broke it, then the Mishnah says, Oi shoysois, oi ksuba. They have an option, like any other woman has an option. She can drink and die or live, or... She can say, I don't want to drink, and she won't get her ksuba. The husband can say, I don't want you to drink, and then she will get her ksuba, like any other saita. Continues the Mishnah, Eishas Kain. If a woman married a Kain, she becomes a saita. So here the Mishnah tells you, you should know she's like any other woman. Shaisa umuteres labayla. We're going to learn in the Gemara what's the novelty. Why would you think that since she's married to a Kain, she would not be allowed to drink? Eishas is. A wife of a sadis also could become a saita who will have the option of drinking. Here already Rashi explains a very important thing that we'll learn soon, which is that when do the waters of the saita work? Only if first the husband had a relation with his wife at least once, and now there's a question whether she committed adultery with another man. But if a man never had a relation with his wife yet, then even if Shitaka committed adultery with another man, the waters of the Saita won't work. It's learned from a Pasik. Which, by the way, puts into question the beginning of the Mishnah that we learned in the previous year. Why would we even need a special Pasik to exclude a Arusa? And Arusa cannot drink anyway because she never had a relation with her husband, especially if she did not get Kedushin through Bia. We'll leave that for the Gemara to answer. Okay, so Aisha's Sadis will be So Rashi says it must be that a Sadis means a man who's impotent. 
it must be that he married her before he was a sadis. That means he had at least one relation with her. And then he becomes a sadis. He can make his wife into a site and she's allowed to drink. It's going to work if she committed adultery. Continues the Mishnah, Al-Yidei Kol Arois Mekanan. That a woman who becomes a saita after she was warned and then she violated the warning not to be with a specific or with specifics in plural individuals, he can warn her even not to be with someone that she's anyways not allowed to be with, which is any one of her close relatives. And more than that, it can even be that he warned her not to be secluded with someone in which there is no Isr Yichud. So amongst the few arroyas where there is no Isur of Yichud is, let's say, a father and a daughter. Right? A mother and a son. So what happens, it's strange, but her husband is going to become jealous of the relationship she has with her father, and he warns her not to be secluded with him. Even here, she could become a saita. Chiddush. Chud's the only person with whom even though she was warned, and she broke the warning, she will not become a saita, is if he warned her not to be with a cotton in seclusion. And there's a big machlekes rishonim, whether this minor means anyone under 13, or whether the minor has to be dafka someone under 9, as we learned in Yavamas, that halachically, an act of cohabitation, if the man, if the boy is under 9, is not considered an act of bia. So whatever the cotton means, and this is based from the Pasuk where it says, V'shachav ish oisa, that if a man had a relation with her, that comes to exclude a cotton, or umimi she'einoi ish. Someone who's not a man, the Gemara is going to say, who's not a man? No, you have to ask the person's wife whether he's a man or not, but here it means halachically, a person who's shach of a person who's impotent. So if a person is impotent, in other words, it's not functioning by him, and the husband says, I don't want you to be secluded with him, and if she violated that, she doesn't become a site. Now the final category of this Mishnah is, There are certain people that are unable to warn their wives not to be in seclusion with a specific individual or with certain individuals. But if the woman is not acting modestly, there are certain times that Beisden has the power and the responsibility to give that warning to the woman. For example, Mishnah is Chodesh Baila. A man who had a marriage, he was sane, but after he married his wife, unfortunately, he became a deaf mute. He became deranged. Or he was in jail. So he is unable to, he's either unaware of his wife's behavior or he's unable to warn her. Bezin gives the warning. However, clarifies the Mishnah. No, we spoke out the Pasuk. To get her to drink the waters, the husband has to be there. So if Beisden warns the wife of a person who became deranged after he got married, I'm saying after he got married, because people who are deranged cannot affect a marriage. But the woman is halachically married, because then they were both sane. And he became insane, however you define that. If Beisden is going to warn her, Beisden, and if she's going to break that kinu vestira, Beisden cannot force her to drink the waters. The husband has to be there. So says the Mishnah, the warning is effective enough to make her into a saita. Now, now that she becomes a saita, if the husband is not there, then Shitake can't drink. And as Rashi speaks out, not only does this refer to the case 
where the husband became insane, but even in the case of the Mishnah where the husband was in jail, and Bezdin warned this person's wife, don't hang out with that person. And let's say if she broke that warning, she became a site, and then the man was freed from jail. So now the husband is available, holds the Tanakama, that even here the husband cannot make her drink. Why not? Because there is a juxtaposing in the Pasuk of the warning and the drinking. So it has to be the same one who warned her will take her to drink. That's the Tanakama. However, Rabbi holds, Rabbi doesn't learn anything from the juxtaposing in Rashi of the kina of the Hevi. And even if the husband was not the one that made her into the Saita, he was not the one that did Kinoi, based in did Kinoi, if she becomes a Saita, now the husband is free, the husband is able, with Rabbi to ask of her to drink, which is a good thing. So she can drink the waters and prove she's innocent, and the couple can get back together. End of Mishnah. The Gemara is going to begin discussing the first case of the Mishnah, the case of a Arusa and a Shemeres Yavim. According to our Tana, she becomes a Saita, but she can't drink the waters. And why not? The Mishnah said, because it says in Parshas Nasi, in Pasuk Chavtes, Asher Tiste Isha, Tachas Isha, that's the Pasuk that the, Gemara, that the Mishnah brought, that if a woman goes astray while she's under the jurisdiction of her husband, there she drinks the waters, excluding a Kala, Halachi Kala, or a Shemeres Yavim, she's not fully under the jurisdiction, she cannot drink. By the way, just to know that there's a whole discussion as to whether a woman who's engaged halachically, whether she has to cover her hair. And the opinions that hold that even before marriage, after halachic kedushin, a woman has to cover her hair, they take a learn it from, from, from these dinim. It was the fact that we needed to have a Pasuk that excluded the Arusa. If not for, the, for that Pasuk, an Arusa would, she for sure becomes a Saita, but not she would drink. Part of the procedure is, upara esra isha, that the coin uncovers her hair. She's only an Arusa. How can he uncover her hair if her hair is still uncovered? And you should know that in Lubavitch, there are certain families, Kiyudua, that the women go to the chuppah with the shaitl. Because even though after the chuppah they're only halachically engaged, it's not fully consumed until the couple is together. Consummated, but, uh, but there are other paiskim that say that when the trader speaks about the kayan uncovering her here, that's not an essential part of being a soita. In other words, if a woman to begin with doesn't cover her hair, or for whatever other reason she comes to the kayan with her hair uncovered, and the kayan cannot uncover it, she still undergoes the procedure. So therefore, no proof can be brought from here. Right. Asks the, says the Gemara, Mishtahu from our Mishnah it's clear that a Arusa, a Shemeres Yavim, are only excluded from the drinking, but the husband could warn her. I'm sorry, the Chasen can warn her. The Yavam can warn her. How do you even know she becomes a Saitam? Maybe she should be fully excluded. Says the Gemara, the Taner Abanan, and then Marta, the Bach adds the words Alehem, a mamash repetition. Speak to Bnei Yisrael. What's the speak and Omarto? It's not Emor Omarto, it's Daber Omarto. So that comes to inclu- include both an Arusa and a Shemeres Yavim Likinui, period. So they could become a Saita, but they can't drink. 
Our Mishnah said, not an Arusa, nor a Shemeres Yavim can drink. Says the Gemara, you should know that our Mishnah is only going according to Rabbi Yoinasan, but according to his Bar Pluta, according to Rabbi Yoishia, as we'll see in a moment, a Shemeres Yavam will be included fully in the dinim of a Saita, and she will be able to drink. The time we learned, and here is as we spoke out when we learned the Mishnah, in Parshas Nasa in Pedike, in Pasik Yutes, in Pasik 19, the Pasik is speaking out the words that the Kain is telling the woman, that you did not have an affair, tachas isheich, while you were under the jurisdiction of your husband. So from the words tachas isheich, that's not the Pasik the Mishnah brought. The Mishnah brought the Pasik Chavtes, this is Pasik Yutes, that while you were under your husband, that comes to exclude an Arusa. And Arusa is not fully under her husband. Now, why didn't we use this word to exclude a Shemeris Yavim? The Gemara is going to speak out soon that there, there's, there's a logic to go either way. If you compare a halachically engaged woman to a woman who's awaiting Yibum, which one of them is considered more under the Chassan's the Yavam's jurisdiction. So this Tana holds, Rabbi Yeshia holds, that who do we exclude first? An Arusa. She's, so to say, less under her Chassan's jurisdiction. Yochel Sha'ani that she cannot drink? So Adarabah, Rabbi Yeshia says, the fact that it says in Pasik Yud Beis, Ish, Ish, in the beginning of the portion, Ish, Ish, comes to include that even a Yavam is allowed to make his Yavama, his Shemeris Yavam, drink the waters if she became a Saitam. And there's no arguing about this. In other words, it's clear that our Tana cannot be Rabbi Yoshia. However, it continues the Braisa, Rabbi Yoinus and Oimer. No. Pasik Yutes, when the Titus says, when the Kain is speaking to the woman, telling her, you know, you better not have had a, a relation while you were Tachais Isheikh, Rabbi Yoinusen says, if that is excluding, it doesn't exclude an Arusha. The first person to be excluded, who's considered even less under the husband's, the man's jurisdiction, that's a Shemeris Yavam. The Gemara is going to explain in a moment why Rabbi Yoinusen excludes first a Shemeris Yavam. And now continues the Braiso Oitzi Shemeris Yavam, Velo Yoitzi Yasarusa. Taka, this word can only exclude a Shemeris Yavam. But let's not exclude an Arusa. So here, Rabbi Yenison, like our Mishnah brings Pasik Chavtes, there is an additional Pasik that says, Asher Tiste Isha, while she is Tachas Isha, that also will exclude the Arusa. Now the question is, in Pasik Yutes, Rabbi Yenison uses that Pasik to exclude the Shemar Siyavim. Rabbi Yoishia uses that Pasik to exclude an Arusa. Why, explains the Gemara, Mar Alimale Arusa, Rabbi Yenison holds that an Arusa's bond to the husband is stronger. Why? The Kedushe Didei. Number one, he already gave her something. So to say that she's not under his jurisdiction, he gave her Kedushin. Not only that, it affected such a strong bond that if she, God forbid, has a relation with another man, it's a capital crime. And she'll get killed for that. By the way, we spoke about the kids yesterday. A woman who's engaged gets skila. A woman who's married gets chanika. 
but it's a capital punishment. And that does not include a Shemeris Yavim. Number one, Shimon, let's say if Reuven married Rachel and Reuven dies, a widow, Rachel is a widow, Reuven has no children, Shimon, who's now connected to Rachel, he never gave her anything. So she's less under his jurisdiction, and more, if she has a relation with another man, she shouldn't have, but it's not a crime that has capital punishment. So that's why, according to Rabbi Yonason, who is considered more under the jurisdiction? And Arusa. So when he has a word that excludes, who does it exclude? The Shemer Siyavim. However, Umar, but Rabbi Yishia, he holds that Alim Aleh Shemer Siyavim, that she is considered more under the jurisdiction of the Yavam. Why? Because nothing is needed other than them having a relation. When it comes to an Arus and an Arusa, True, on one hand, he already gave her something. True that there's a chiyuv misa if she has a relation. But for her to finalize the marriage, for her to be fully under the jurisdiction, more steps are needed. So if more steps are needed, she's considered less under his jurisdiction. Okay, gandict. Now the question is, what does he do with the words ish ish? Right, which was used by Rabbi Yeshia to include the Shemar Siyavam, says the Gemara Mibayale, that's needed, that a wife of a man who married her halachically, who then became deaf mute, or if she, he later became a shaita, if he became deranged, or the Ashes turning the Ahmed Sha'amum, a man who became very deranged. Interesting here in the Braisa, we have different categories of insane people. Rashi says, Sha'amum, the first Rashi and the Amid. Some type of bewilderment of the heart that dear Beisdin has the power and the responsibility if Beisdin is noticing that she is not acting morally to give her the warning. That's the Ish. The Ish includes the Beisdin. We'll see in a moment. Love Dafka. It's amazing. We'll see in a moment. But Rabbi Yeshia says, now Rabbi Yeshia, who only excluded the Shemeris Yavam from not drinking, I'm, no, sorry, Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Yeshia uh, excluded only the Arusa from not drinking, right? Tachas Isheikh excludes an Arusa. But a Shemeris Yavam does drink. I, there is an additional exclusion because aside of the words Tachas Isheikh, Right, there's the Pasik Chavtes, Hai Tachas Isha, that the Mishnah brought, my Ovid Lei, says the Gemara, Mi Bayalei, Lahakish, Ish, Leisha, Veisha, Leish. It's not excluding anything, unlike our Mishnah. It's coming to compare a man to a woman and a woman to a man, and like Rashi says, let's leave this Limud, Emir Tzashem, to Daf Chavzayin, when the Gemara is going to go back to this Bryce and explain what that means. Geendikt. Asks the Gemara a question that we spoke out already before. The only reason why a Arusa or a Shemeres Yavim, according to Rabbi Yenis and Anara Mishnah, they do not drink the waters is because they were Psukim, right? We had two Psukim, Pasuk Yutes and Pasuk Chavtes, under the husband's jurisdiction, during the time that they are under the jurisdiction of the husband. If not for those exclusionary words, we would have thought that not only can a Arusa a Shemeres Yavim become a Saita, but they actually could drink. Arusa Shasya asks the Gemara, how can that be? Behold, ki osi Rav Acha, berab Chanina medroimon. When Rav Acha berab Chanina came from the south, and as we learn in Sefer Toldes, Tanoim v'Amoyroim, that Rav Acha berab Chanina came from Lud. And Lud, and he was a Talmud of Rabbi Shobin Levi. And Droimon, 
doesn't mean the south of Israel, but only in relation to the Galil. So when he went up to the north, to the Galil, so they called him in Galil, the one that came from the south, he came and he learned the Braisa that he shared with his colleagues. And the Braisa says that in Parshas, Soita, in Pasig Chaf, again, when the Kain is giving her the Shvu and the Allah, he's telling her that if you had, you laid with anyone other than your husband, that if you did that, then the, then the waters are going to kill you. If you had a relation with anyone other than your husband, that implies that she already had a relation with her husband. In other words, that when will the waters of the Saito work only Only if she had a relation first with her husband. And if then she, God forbid, had a relation with another man, then she'll die from the waters. But in a case where she never had even one relation with her husband, even if she, would not, even if she was not allowed to have a relation with another man, and she did, the waters of the Saito will not work. So why do you have to exclude them? If she's only a Shemaris Yavam, if she's only an Arusa, she never had a relation with her husband. So it should be a given that she should not be allowed to drink the waters. And Va'id, really you can add, we learned that according to Rabbi Yoishia, Tana, the din is going to be that a Shemaris Yavam indeed will drink. How can she drink? How can she drink if she never had a relation with the Yavam? So answers the Gemara Amar Rami, Bar and we're going to learn one thing at a time. First, we're going to address the Arus. And by an Arus, it's easier to respond that the limud, the exclusion of an Arusa drinking, is only needed in the case where even if her chasen illegally, against halacha, had a relation with her. So now, even there, she will not drink the waters of a Saita. Now, you have to understand the following, that if a chasen has a relation with his kala, l'shem marriage, that affects marriage. Speaking about a chassan who had an act, l'shem zinus, that, that uh, Rami Bar Chama answers, mishkachas like a You understand? So there could be a scenario where a woman is engaged and she non-kosherly had a relation already with her chassan, with her husband-to-be, then she was warned by her husband and she became a saita. If not for the Pasuk excluding her from drinking, then you would think she should drink. So the Gemara says, Yeshkoyach for the, for the engaged woman. But for the Yavama, it's not going to work. Remember that? That was the whole thing we learned in Yavamas. What did we learn in Yavama is that if a Yavam has a relation with the Yavama, at least we'll see Machlech Samayrayim, according to Rav, no matter what their intent was, that act made, made her a full-fledged wife. Asks the Gemara, one second, the Kavasa Gabi Shemeris Yavam. Can you give that same answer by the case of Shemeris Yavam, which would be Kagoyin Shabbat, Allah Yavam Abes Chamiya? In other words, the Yavam had a relation with the widow, not Lashem Yibum, Lashem Znus. That can't be, because the moment that happens, Ha oh, Shemeris Yavam Kodisla, you're calling her a Shemeris Yavam, it's not true. Ishtama Al Yasehi, she become a full fledged wife, as we learned in Yavamas that Raf says, that Kanala Koil, in other words, even if the Bia was Lashem Znus, he acquires her for all the dinim. If he's a Kain and she's not, she gets to eat Truma. If she dies after that act of Bia, he will inherit her because Midoy Raisa, husband, inherits the wife. If she dies, even though the husband is a Kayan, he's allowed to bury her. Even though a Kayan normally cannot be Metama himself, 
other than to his wife. It's considered a full-fledged marriage. So it can't be, answers the Gemara, that it must be the case of Shemeris Yavim will only work according to Shmuel. And over there we learned in Yavamas that Shmuel disagrees with Rav. If a Yavam has an act of promiscuous Bia with his Yavama, even though it does have some effect for the dinim that are learned in that parsha, which is for the din, number one, loikana parsha. Number one is, is as we spoke out, when Reuven married Rachel and died without any children, let's say Reuven has no children, let's say if Reuven's father is not living, who should be the ones inheriting Reuven? So the din is that inheritance goes down. If there's no one down, no children, no grandchildren, then it goes up. And if there's no one up, up would be to the father, not to the mother. So if the father is no longer living, then who will now be in the place of the father? All of the brothers, all of the paternal brothers. So normally it then would have been Reuven passes away, no children, no father, all of the brothers inherit from him. However, the din is that if he left a widow that has to undergo Yibum, if Shimon will do Yibum, then Shimon is the only one that inherits all of Reuven's properties, including with his debt to the Ksuba. So Shmuel says, only for that do we apply the rule that if he had an act of Bia, not L'Shem Yibum, L'Shem Znus, for that he will inherit all of his property, and for the other din that is written in the parsha, which will be that if Shimon decides, I don't want to marry her, chalitz is not an option. Only a get will sever. Only for these two dinim, according to Shmuel, will an act of bia, l'shneim's nus, affect a bond. Really, Toysavus points out there is one other din that we're not going into right now, and that will be, it's just connected to what we learned before, that a arusa who has an affair, God forbid, with someone else, has a relation, chayv skilam. A shemeres yavam, no, she, she cannot have beer with someone else, but there's no capital punishment. Here, even according to Shmuel, that loikonelakoyl, if there was an act even of znus between the yavam and the shemeres yavam, then if she then has a relation with another man, then she will be mechoyiv, capital punishment. But aside of those dinim, in other words, if she's not a kohenes, she cannot eat truma, even though the yavam is a kohen. If she dies, he cannot bury her, according to Shmuel. So our Mishnah's case will only work according to Shmuel. Says the Gemara, if that's the case, and as we pointed out on Dav, Chav, Dalodomadal, this is such a good piece of Gemara, that our Mishnah is only Rabbi Yenison, because any Chaname, according to Rabbi Yishia, According to Rabbi Yosha, a Shemeris Yavim drinks. Now don't forget, how can a Shemeris Yavim drink? Why is she called a Shemeris Yavim? You have to have an act of Bia between her husband and her. So that can only work if there was an act of Znus. And an act of Znus, according to Rav, will make her not a Shemeris Yavim. So for there to be a case, according to Rabbi Yosha, it must be Rabbi Yosha holds like Shmuel. Or Shmuel holds like Rabbi Yosha. In other words, Rav holds like Rabbi Yenison. And we don't like when there is a machlekes amaroyim that are already alluded to in a machlekes tanoim. Why do we need amaroyim to argue if tanoim really are arguing about it? Says the Gemara, is it going to come out that Yachi Rav can only hold like Rabbi Yoshia? What's Rav like Rabbi Yoshia? Rabbi Yoshia holds that a Shemeris Yavam drinks the waters. Now I'm just saying that a Shemeris Yavam drinks the waters. And according to Rav, 
she'll take a drink the waters. But now you, you understand why she's going to drink the waters. Because once it was an act of Bia, they're fully married. And Shmuel will hold, like Rabbi Yenusim, it's the opposite of what I saw before. Igmar is going to reverse it now. That Shmuel is the one that holds that if they have an act of cohabitation together, they're not fully married. And since they're not fully married, that's taka why she won't drink the water. She's excluded. She's not under the husband's jurisdiction. Says the Gemara, Nav Davke, Rav, I can even hold like Rabbi Yenusim. Me the Yitzrakra, Lemauta, being that a Pasik Rabbi Yenusim was needed to exclude the Shemaris Yavam. Right, the Pasik Tachas Isheikh. Why did you need for her to be excluded? Fakert, you know why you needed her to be excluded? Because I hold that once they had an act of beer together, they're a full fledged married couple. So you would have thought, Michlal de Ishtama al Yasihi. So that's why the Pasik is needed to say that since they only had an act of shame Bia, even though they're married, she doesn't drink the waters. That's taka what the Pasik is needed for. Now let's read inside the Rashi, a very important Rashi, the last Rashi of the Amid. I'm not the Amid, I feel like Rabbi Yenison, but the Gemara points out, but for sure, Rav can hold like Rabbi Yeshia. What does Rabbi Yeshia hold? Rabbi Yeshia holds that Shitaka drinks the waters. But Rashi has now a million dollar question. According to Rav, according to Rabbi Yeshia, why will Hashemeris Yavim drink the waters? Because she's a full married wife. So why did we learn on Chavdal, Adamadal, from the bottom of the Amid? That Rabbi Yenison uses the words ish ish to include ish ish. Rabbi Yenison uses the words, Rabbi Yeshia uses the words ish ish to include a Shemar Siyavim. Why do you need to have anything including the Shemar Siyavim? She's a married woman, according to Rav. So it must be, Rashi says, that even though it says in Abraisa, Mamish, that, that we learn from Ish, Ish, Tamud Laimer, Ish, Ish, Divir Rabbi Yeshia. Rabbi Yeshia did not mean that. Even according to Rabbi Yeshia, you know what Ish, Ish comes to teach you? The same thing that we learned in the bottom of the Amid. That Beisdin has the right to make a woman into a Saita. It's a big Chiddush. Even though it's not what he said. Forget, you read the Braise, the Braise is saying, how do you know that you include a Shemar Siyavim, Tamud Laimer, Ish, Ish, Divir Rabbi Yeshia. doesn't mean that. Turning to Ahmed, and Shmuel can, Shmuel can say that I hold even like Rabbi Yoshia. What does Rabbi Yoshia hold? That a Shemeris Yavam drinks. Shmuel, who holds that they're not fully married, can also hold like Rabbi Yoshia. Why is that? Because me, the Itzrechra, little Fakert, since you needed Ish Ish, now we're using the Ish Ish. Why did you even need to include the Shemeris Yavim? That proves that they're not fully married. So Taka, they're included. But you know why she drinks? Not because she's married. She's included because it says Ish Ish. And if not for the Pasik, I will hold that any act, L'Shem Zenus, between a Yavim and a Yavama does not affect, does not affect the full marriage. Eloma, she will drink the Saita because of the Ish Ish. So you're innocent. And Abiyasha and Rav and Shmuel don't follow on the same track in Mirza Shem to be continued.